Man, I am so excited to be with you. Uh, your church, you don't even know what a blessing it has been uh, to, to me personally, uh, to our family, but also to our, uh, our movement. And so it's really a joy and it's an honor to be with you, with those that are here in person, as well as that are uh, joining us online and you're part of the Celebration Center uh, family uh, that you're with us connecting. And I believe that today that God has something special for you, come on now. Whether you're here with us or you're watching, that that the the Spirit of the Lord is uh, is willing, ready, and able to meet you. Come on, right where you are at. And if you'll just open up your hearts, your minds, your spirits, I believe that today that He can uh, impart, He can speak, He can lead, He can touch. Come on, and He can transform you today. Now, I you, I know that uh, uh, I might have a little bit uh, of energy today, but uh, I can't uh, I. Can't can't contain uh, what I believe that God wants to do. And I'm, just, I'm also excited about not just your, your history. I said it's been a blessing. The legacy of this church is significant. What, what you've done, not just in the Tacoma, Puyallup, the greater metropolitan area. Come on, I'm from the Bay Area, so I'm saying that a little tongue-in-cheek. But uh, in the greater metropolitan area here is, is, uh, is important and is, is significant for the kingdom of God. But beyond your four walls, beyond what you can see, your church is making a difference. How I tell, uh, say it, my church, down the street, across the border, and around the world. You are literally fulfilling what Jesus said, that you'd be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the utter ends of the earth. You're doing that. You've done that. And your legacy is amazing. Planting churches, sending out leaders, raising up leaders. Your, your faithfulness in that, that, that God has used you. I, I've sat in this room many, many times as we have uh, assessed and trained church planters who would go out into the, into the fields and the harvest and uh, uh, take the gospel of Jesus in places it's never been, sharing it with people that have never heard. And your faithfulness as a church in supporting planting churches, you'll never see, you'll never know uh, the lives that are touched, but you know what? Heaven will know. There's going to be a point in time where, where you'll step across uh, that those, uh, that line and it will be in eternity and you'll see souls that will say, because a church helped plant other, another church, that God used that church to change my life, that we're a part of God's kingdom. Come on, you should just be, give yourself a hand. That's awesome. So thank you for your faithfulness. And don't stop. And this is what I would tell you. I believe with all my heart that we have to be a people that our dreams are bigger than our memories. That, 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 that my, my dream of what God wants to do is bigger than my reality, bigger than where I am, bigger than where I've been. And, I, and I've been praying for you, Celebration Center, that, that, that God would birth in you that, that dream of what can be, the hope of what can be tomorrow, what, what God wants to do in you. Your, your legacy is amazing. The foundation is incredible, but the future is filled with hope. The future is filled with potential. The future is filled not only with that, but with promise. The promises of God, and he wants to use you to continue to extend and expand his kingdom through you. Do you believe that? Come on now. All right. Hey, well, for those that don't know, uh, he introduced me. Uh, my name is Michael Nortune, and I pastor uh, down in Concord, California, the Bay Area at Life Church. My wife, Julie, is here with me and has been my uh, partner in ministry for 31 plus years. Uh, she's put up with this. Come on now. And, uh, and we're not yet, we're not done yet. And uh, uh, for those that are here, uh, you can see uh, that's my family. Uh, I have eight kids. 
Six of them are ours, and I have two son-in-laws, and so it's eight. Uh, but my, my children, I, uh, they've grown. It's amazing. They, uh, so I, I tell everyone the story real quickly. That, uh, so I, my oldest is 26, and my youngest is 21, and in between my 26-year-old and my 21-year-old, come on now, I have four kids, and they're age 24, 24, 24, and 24. Come on, somebody. So I'll let that sink in for just a moment right there. But uh, so I have quadruplets. My wife and I uh, have raised uh, six kids uh, together. I really, I'm along for the ride. She does it all. Come on. I, 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 I'm just window dressing, really. I mean, she, she looks good, takes care of it. She's organized or whatever. But so we had six kids Four and younger, come on now. We had our own preschool. We, we did that. But, uh, but we we're excited about what God's doing. Back in 2007, we planted a church in Concord, California with the dream and the hope that God could use us to lead people in the East Bay into a growing relationship with Jesus. Wherever they were at on the spectrum in the relationship with God, with they didn't know him, that we could introduce him to the God who loves them, that created them. That, that maybe they're, they have questions and that we could point them to the person who has the answer. Or maybe they, they're exploring faith and they're walking in faith that we can help them get rooted in their faith. Or maybe they've known Jesus as some of you in here this morning, years of your life. That we could still take them where they're at and take them to where God has called them to be. And so, so that's the, the joy and the passion of our heart. And, and, but it's my honor today to speak to you and, uh, and really preparing, I know, the new, a new season for your church. In just a few weeks, you're, you'll have a new uh, senior pastor and team and a family to come take you to the dream, to the, to the place that God's calling you to be. And so uh, I, I just want to encourage you to, to grab hold of that. And so uh, today, it's my pleasure to, to really uh, share with you for just a few, more, uh, few moments here. My assignment really is just, a, I hope, to encourage and strengthen you, to build you up, to, to strengthen you in your faith so that uh, tomorrow. See, I think our, our sermons shouldn't be just about Sunday, but they should be about Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, and what God's word has to say to us and what, what Jesus is speaking to us. And, and today I want to just, from the perspective of this, more and less. You, you've heard the phrase, more or less. Oh, you're close enough, more or less. But, but I want you to think about this thought, more and less. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your presence. God, I thank you for your, your faithfulness and, and uh, that, that you are with us. That God, that, that this great church, you have been with them, you are with them, and you're going to lead them forward in the, in the months and years ahead. And so Lord, this morning, we just uh, tune our hearts, our spirits, our minds, our ears to what the Spirit of the Lord would speak to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said... Come on, you just have to do that sometimes. Other people are like, what do you say? I say Amen, that was the answer. But uh, more and less. Everyone just say that, more and less. More. Come on, you're, you're, you have to help me, all right? So if you don't help me, I, I preach twice as long. But if you'll help me, no. <laughs> think about this. Sometimes we, we look at more and less and, uh, and not realizing that less can be more. That, that there's situations or things in our life where less can actually be more. Let me give you a few examples. That, that less is more, uh, we realized this during this, the quarantine and in the, the Bay Area in California, we are shut down a little bit tighter than you are up here in Washington, if you can believe that. But uh, that, that if I have learned anything that is we 
looked at projects around our house. And one of them was our, our garage and our closets. Come on now. And my wife had a mission. And she's like, I, we're going to come out of this and we're going to be, uh, you know, cleaner, more organized. And so our garage was a mess and uh, closets or stuff. But, but what I discovered as we purged, that when you have less stuff, come on out, you have more space. When I have less clutter, I, I have more room for something else. Uh, if I spend less, then I have more savings or more money. If I have less clothes, come on somebody, I have more closet space. If I use social media less, I have more time to talk with people face to face or person to person. That, that Less of something Actually, what does, it does what? It creates more of something else. If I have less of something, that if I have less stress, maybe I get more sleep. Come on, somebody. That, that less of something gives me more of something else. Or the opportunity, the opportunity for something else. Less, if I'm less ungrateful, you know what that makes room for? For me to be more grateful. To be more appreciative. If I have less talking, Come on, I have the opportunity for more listening. That, that less can actually be more. And in my text today, and I'm going to read a few passages, but, but our primary text today is out of Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. And so I encourage you to, to turn, whether you do that digitally or old school like me with a paper Bible, uh, that, that you'll take a moment. And I want to dig in a little bit on a verse that a lot of us hear and know. But I want us to ponder or think or meditate or digest a little bit more of what that one simple verse is really saying to, to those that are followers of Jesus or that are hungry for Jesus, that are pursuing him or just maybe even asking questions that what he wants to do. And so in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, it says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. They're very familiar passage. In fact, it's a passage that you would hear a lot when a church, you know, we have prayer meetings and only a couple people show up and we, the faithful few, we say, well, where two or three uh, are gathered, we, we use that, but there's a powerful principle about God being the God of more and of less, that, that there is something that, that for all of us, there's times that we've always dreamed that there would be more in my life, that, that there would be something greater, that there would be uh, something that God wants to do in me or through me or things, maybe dreams that I had. I don't know if you've ever been disappointed by life. I don't know if you've ever had hope for something that, that maybe we could achieve this or maybe uh, I could experience this and always hoping for more but continually or frequently experiencing less than maybe what you had thought or what you thought could be and we hear about things about what God does in others we we hear things about how God has breakthrough or God's meeting people and God's doing things in other people and we all, all often think well that's good for them and God's meeting them but but I'm not measuring up I, I'm not seeing the fullness I'm not seeing the the more of his presence or I'm not seeing the more of his power or his working in me but but when we look at our own arrangements or our own life and we measure that by other things, we can um, miss what more and less can be. We think often because of my lack, my past, 
my limits, that, that those things there that we think because of my limits or my limitations, because I'm limited, we often think well, maybe God is limited. I think because I'm limited, God is limited because, because of what I've done, he can't do Maybe more. Maybe, maybe I've made some mistakes in my life or, or maybe there's things that I, I'm struggling with or battling with or, or maybe there's things that maybe I didn't think I was good enough or that I could accomplish that, that I think because I'm limited that maybe God's limited in me, that, that God can't do some of the things I had hoped for, that, that maybe it's just less. Maybe it's, it can't be what I thought it could be and, and Here's the thing that we learn from this verse is that God is not only the God who works and does miracles and meets us in the times of more or the times of, of fulfillment or being filled, but, but he's also the God who does miracles in our lives even in the times of less, times of, of emptiness, times of maybe despair or hopelessness or uncertainty or, or, or lack, that, that he's the God of more, come on now, and the God of less, that, that we can trust him, that, that God can do whatever he wants with our more, but God can also do more with our less. You understand what I'm saying? That, that he can use our more, but he also uses our less. Because you understand that, that God has never been worried about having a majority vote. Come on, somebody. He, he's never been concerned about the statistics and the uh, analysis of what can be and what can't be. He's never been deterred by what we would measure as, well, if you had this, then you could accomplish this. If I was this, then I would be able to step into this. If I had this more, that you would do more. But he's not restricted, come on, to our limits. It's opening us to his promises. And so as we look at, he's never limited or shackled to our limitations because he's the God of more and less. And let me just explain that to you in this famous verse, in verse 20. The first thought when you read that is this, for where two or three are gathered together, number one, in my name. Where? In my, come on now, help me out. In my what? Name. That, that when we are gathered together in my name, that there's something powerful that happens when we gather together in his name, that there's power, come on now, somebody help me, in the name of Jesus. We're not just gathering uh, under the umbrella or the banner of a name of a church, which as great as that is, when my church gathers, it's not about life church, it's about gathering in his name, in the name of Jesus. And you, you know this, you understand this, that that Jesus was more than just a, a good teacher or uh, one of many prophets or one that could actually put, be put side by side with other religious leaders or in history. That, that he is not just a religious symbol. But it is that we gather together. And it changes everything, church. That, that when we're gathering together that there is a, a purpose, a foundation, and an authority. That, that when we gather there, there's something greater, something bigger, something more than you and I. There's something more than just people passing through. That there is a name that we stand on. That we build our hope and our life. That he is the, come on somebody, he's the son of God. And we're gathering in his name. And it's not just that we are gathering, the gathering of his name. Now, think about this. Don't minimize this. 
The gathering in his name, because in his name, think about this, there's victory. In his name, there's healing. In his name, there's forgiveness. In his name, there's joy. In his name, come on, there's breakthrough. In his name, that there is the abundance, that there's the provision, there's the grace. Come on, in his name, there's mercy. In his name, there's hope. Come on now, church, that in his name. So he's saying when people gather together, not just to to, to congregate not just a fellowship and, and all that's great but he's saying when they gather in my name that there's something so powerful that when we establish this connection and community on his name so it's not about just gathering but gathering in his name and we see this in other places in the scriptures acts chapter 3 is a great example of this acts chapter 3 there's a, a story uh, where uh, peter and and john they're they're going to the to, to the temple, the synagogue, the, the gate beautiful, it talks about. And there's a, a beggar there that has been lame since birth. And every day he would be placed in front of the gates to the temple. And, and people would come and go. And, and every week, each day, as they would walk by, this guy would be begging them, asking them, you know, if they could spare some money. Do you, do you have something for me? And, and at this particular moment in, in Acts chapter 3, and, and I won't take, take time to read the, the whole thing, but, but in this moment, you see that, that Peter and John, when they come up and, and he asks them for money. Can you help me? I, I'm experiencing less in my life right now. I'm experiencing lack in my life. I'm experiencing things in my life that, that I, I really don't think that I can help myself, things that I, that I can't do, that I can't change. That, that I'm, he said, can you spare some change? Can you help me? Can you give me some money? And, and the famous words from the apostles was this. As they walked in, they said, what? What you're looking for, I don't have. I don't have silver and gold, I don't have, but what? But such as I have, or what I have, I just threw out King James, such as I have, I give by thee, but, but what I have, come on somebody, I'm going to give you. I, I don't have the, the less that you have that I don't have to meet the need that you think you need, but I have the more that you don't even know you need. I, I have something that that is greater than what you think greater than what you're pursuing you think this is what i need to get out of my circumstance or to help me get through or to navigate the the difficulties or the challenge and he said i don't have silver and gold i don't have the resources but what i do have come on now i have the name of jesus and he says these words in the name of jesus of nazareth rise up come on somebody and what come on now church and what and walk, come on, rise up and walk. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. I don't have what you have in your time of lack, in your time of need, in your time of, of want, that you think, this, I'm, I'm experiencing less, and I'm believing for more. And he said, I don't have what you think you need, but I have what you really need. I don't have what you think you want, but I have what you don't know that you don't know, that you want, that you, come on, somebody, you know what I'm saying, that I need. And, and that name. Come on, church, is the name that we gather together on. And it's exactly what he needed. And in our life, it's his name. It's his presence. It's his spirit. It's exactly what we need. We think it's position or title, promotion, possessions, relationship, 
networking doctor. I mean, none of that's bad. But what we need, come on now, to walk into the more or into the grace or the blessing of God is to experience and to build our life on the name, come on, of Jesus. The name of Jesus that at a whisper, you don't have to be loud and obnoxious like me, but at a whisper, Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord, the ruler of all the earth, that, that you reign supreme, that God, you are my healer. Come on, somebody. You are my provider. You are my source. You are my protection. You are my shield. Come on. You are my banner. You are my help and ever-present help. Come on, somebody, in a time. That's, who, that's the name of who Jesus is. And so I stand on that, that no matter what I face, no matter what happens in our society, what happens around us, that I can stand, come on, somebody help me, on the name of Jesus. It's the, the foundation of experiencing the more that God has. All right, let, let me move on. Number two, everyone's all right? I think you're smiling behind your mask. Come on, somebody, I'm behind that camera. I, even if you're not, in my mind, I can just picture that, and it doesn't even faze me. I mean, you might be, like, sticking your tongue out. I mean, it doesn't even matter because I know you're as excited as I am. Number two, this idea, this perspective, where two or three are gathered together in my name, number one. That's, that's the heartbeat of experiencing all that God had, his name. It doesn't say this where two or three are gathered in my name. In this translation specifically, it gives us a little perspective of what that word's saying. It says, when two or three are gathered together, come on now, in my name. It didn't just say two or three are gathered in my name. It says where two or three, come on now, are gathered together together there's a song together i'm not going to sing that but but the idea that we're gathered together because you have to understand this and churches are plagued by missing this perspective that churches across our nation will gather they they go through maybe the rituals they 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 come in and they go out or they come in and they have uh, animosity or frustration or disappointment or division with somebody else and they're gathering come on now but they're not gathering somebody help me gathering together you can be gathered together or you can be gathered but still be scattered you could be gathered come on and still be divided you could be gathered and still be separated but the scripture of this passage is saying those that are gathered together, that, that we are together, that, that understanding that the eyes of the Lord are surveying the land. And he's looking for those hearts are totally his, but he's looking at those that are not just gathered, come on now, but are what? Gathered together. The Bible repeatedly shares with us the idea of one mind, one accord in one place. It's not just that we gather, it's God's looking for a place that gathers together. That there's a shared passion and vision. That there's a heart that what you're going through, I'm going through. When you hurt, come on somebody, I hurt. When you celebrate, I don't get jealous, come on now. I don't, oh, it always works out for you. It's always better for you. That, that gathering together is this heart and the call of a church and of a people that says, you know what? We're better together. 
that God's created this community. We're not just a, a Rotary Club or a Kiwanis Club. We're, we're not just a, a, a little meeting that we have, but we're in his name. Come on. And we are united that we are together. And some people would say, well, you know, that you're saying that being gathered together, you know, like that's this powerful thing, and, and it is. In fact, if we look at the, what the, the scriptures talk about us gathering together or understanding that, that word that's used there is actually some over 500 times or a variation thereof in the New Testament about being gathered together. It, it would, beyond the reference of prayer or fasting, that this idea of gathering or gathering together or this unity that we see that, that there's something powerful for us to experience the more or to experience what, what God has, that there's this idea of gathering together. And some would say, no, 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 prayer's the greatest thing. And I would say this, united prayer is the greatest thing. Some would say worship's the greatest thing. And, and I would tell you that, that worship together or united worship is greater. Some would say just the church gathering is great. And I would tell you the church gathering united or together is greater. That there's power when you gather together. So next Sunday, I'm going to be gone. Next Sunday, I'll be preaching uh, in my own church to my own cameras. Come on, somebody. Uh, but, but you're going to come and you're going to gather together in his name. And I believe the power of our online church and family, that there's, there's that togetherness. That's why I'm always trying to encourage my church, hey, join us at our 930s. You may be in different homes, but don't watch worship. Uh, don't, don't just be there, but, but be gathering together in different places, but with one heart because we are together. Number three, and I love this perspective, and this is where the title comes from, but it says we're two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst. The idea that two or three, and I just want you to think about this on both a personal level for you and your walk and your journey, but, but also God's purpose for you as a community of faith that, that we understand this, that, that there may be, our goal might be three. Our hope and our dream in our life is that, that I might achieve this or I might fulfill this or that, that my purpose may include this, that, that, that I have this goal, that three is the high mark, that, that it's the optimum, it's the best, it's, it's what we should target, it's what we should go for. We should try to get the, the three. And I know for me, and I'll just talk about myself because I'm an easy target. I know for me, I have dreams of being all that God's called me to be, the, the more of my life. The, the accomplishing or allowing God to work or just being the Christian, just being the, the husband, the father, the, the friend. Just, if I could just be a three at that on a scale of one to three, not a scale of one to ten. Although I could really lower our standards if I started doing you know, on a scale of one to ten. But we're going on a scale of one to three right now. That, that three, because Jesus says we're two or three are gathered, that the understanding or perspective that, that, that's the goal. If we can achieve that, that that's better. That, that's best. But, but God doesn't look at us and say, oh, you know what? You didn't reach the three, so try again. You know, you keep struggling and you keep trying to get your act together. You keep trying to, to hope for the best. But, but when you get to be a three, when you reach the optimum, when, when you reach the fullness or when you reach that, that level, then, then guess what? Hold on. Buckle up. Get ready because, man, I'm going to sweep in and do something great. 
No, no, no. He says we're, come on now, help me, two or three. That, that even if you're at 60%, 66 and two-thirds percent, that, that he makes this promise that if we give our best, it may not be a three, but it's the best. It may not be the optimal. It may not be the, the fulfillment of everything that I've hoped for in my life. I, you know, I, I had hoped with my kids that, that there would be this situation, but, but it, it didn't happen, and, and we see ourselves living with less. Or my, my, my marriage or my job or my career that, that I had hoped, but I'm living or I'm finding myself below or less. I don't feel like I've achieved, and the promise is this, where two or three, that was a great example in Luke chapter 21, of a person that has less and gives more. And it's the story of the woman who comes to the temple. And it says these words in Luke 21 that, that as she approached, it says that Jesus is there. In the name of Jesus. So Jesus is present. And it says that, that she would reach into her purse and she would dig down and she would find all that she had. And she had the, the two coins, pennies in our perspective. And she would reach into her purse and she would give the least amount of all. The less of her life. I don't have much. I'm not worth much. I don't, can't give much. I can't uh, provide this. I can't go here. I don't have this. But but she reaches in and she gives the best. And her least was greater than the most. And she puts her two cents in. I love this church. Don't miss this. And Jesus stops the presses. Time out. Wait. No one move. What just happened? You need to pay attention to this. This woman here, this lady, just gave two cents. Woohoo! Now, what's he say? He stops everything, and his focus is in his name. Someone giving them the best that they have. He takes it. He looks at it, and he says, "It's it's the perfect amount. It's the exact amount. It's just." it's just what you need. It's not what you think you want. It's just what you need. And, and so what happens is he, he looks at it and he says, this woman who's giving out of her lack or out of her le- uh, less has given more because what she gave her all. She gave her best. And church, when you give your best, when you surrender yourself and say, Jesus, I, I, don't, I don't feel like I'm much. I don't measure up much. I, I've messed things up. I, I turn things around that, that I shouldn't have, and I try to hold this on my, on my own, but, but I'm going to surrender it to you. I'm going to give you the less. I'm going to give you the, the two that you can turn into a three, that, that there's less. And she, from her least, gives more. And it's that faithfulness of the best. And I just encourage you today that understanding the the perspective, and there's, there's so many others. The Matthew chapter 13, story of a, of a man who, it's a parable of a man who walks by a field and he discovers a treasure. And in this treasure, he looks at it and he's like, 
wow, this is amazing. I, I want to possess this in my life. And what's it say he did? It says that he left and he gathered, and it says he took all that he had or he sold all of his possessions. And it says that he came and he bought the field. And it, what it, the, ter, the phrase is, is that it was just enough. He had an exact amount. I sold everything that I have so that I could possess the treasure. I gave my all so I could possess the promise. I surrendered everything. And you know what? It was just enough. He could have said, oh, man, if I do that, I'm going to be wiped out. If I, if I give everything, then, then what will I do for myself? If I do that, the idea that, no, no, no I'm, gonna, I'm all in because the promise of the kingdom or the promise of the treasure of God, the, the promise of his presence is so great that it's worth my investment. And it says it was just enough. He could have said, well, they have more. Someone's going to outbid me. Somebody has something great. But, but he knew that there was a treasure and it was worth everything he had. And what happens? He buys it and he possesses the, the land, but the treasure that he gave his best. He gave his all. It was just enough. And when you give Jesus your all, your best, he meets you right where you're at. He takes you from where you are and takes you to the treasures of his word, the treasure of his promise, of his strength, the treasure of his protection, the treasure of the blessing that, that and my less, that he becomes more. When I'm weak, he becomes strong. And as we wrap this up, and Allie, you can come and begin to play Understanding the, the less, the, the unknown, that God can meet us and that he's teaching us that it's a destination that I'm on. I don't want to give you too much this morning, but think about the prodigal son who took what he had and he squandered and he found himself with less, but dreaming of a life that had more. And from that moment, he comes to his senses and he begins the journey home. Don't miss this. Because our walk with God is more about this statement than maybe the, the perspective of what we normally see. That he says he's on his way home, but what happened? The father sees him, what, a far way off. And he didn't sit back and say, man, I, I really hope he got his act together. I hope he figured things out. He, I know, I'm sure he wasted my money. <laughs> no, no, it says he saw him and he ran to him. Here's his son that is experiencing the less of life because of his own choices. But the father runs to him. He didn't wait for him to arrive, come on now, at the destination. Because it was about the journey. It was about the direction and not the destination. What, what do I mean? That, that means that he, the father's not waiting there. It's like when you arrive at your destination, then you're going to experience my, my presence or my provision. Or you're going to experience my, my hope and my plan. He's like, I see them and they're heading towards me. And he runs to him because our life 
is about our direction and not just our destination. It's not just because there's someday, there's always another place or destination that God has, but the key is, is that I'm heading in the right direction. And when I'm heading in the right direction, he runs to me. And so it's the direction of my life and not just the destination. It's not where I am, but where I'm heading. The experiencing the, the more of God's life. And let me just close with this example too. If you study revivals in a, throughout history, there's, there's several of them. And, and, and I love this one because it really illustrates the idea where two or three are gathered together in my name. The fourth thing that, that we discover is there I am. Just like the, the woman who gave her two cents, there he was. Just like the son who comes home, there he is. Just like you, when you give your all, there he is with you. And you stand on his name. But there's a guy named Jeremiah Lamphere. And there was a, a revival that took place in New York City in 1857. And it was during a recession, uh, during a, a poverty time, economic crisis. And at this moment, Jeremiah begins to think, man, there, there's got to be something more. Come on, somebody help me. More. Everyone say more. more. There's got to be something more than where we are. And so Jeremiah goes to his pastor and says, <clears throat> excuse me, hey, could, could we have a prayer meeting? Could, could we gather together in his name? And the pastor's like, I, I love that idea. That's fantastic. Yes, yes, do it. You can use this, this back room of our church and you can have your, your gathering together. You can pray together there. And so Jeremiah begins to tell people and to share the opportunity of experiencing something more that, that just to pray, to seek God, to believe God, to, to break through, to help businesses that were struggling and, and failing, to, to help people that, that were without jobs or people that, that couldn't make ends meet. He's like, we're just going to pray. We're going we're gonna to believe God. And he begins to share his dream and his hope and his desire, his conviction that, that if we just put God for it, we'll pray, if we'll humble ourselves and pray. Well, it was a great dream, and Jeremiah began to tell people. So he prepares the, the room, the upstairs room where they're going to begin to pray, and, and it was going to be 12 o'clock on Wednesdays. And he's, he's like, okay, this is the, the time, and, and this is the place, and, and this is where we're going to gather together in his name. And 12 o'clock comes, and, and Jeremiah's there, and he's ready. He's ready to pray. He's ready to, to, to bring down heaven. He's ready to join uh, with others and say, God, you know, do something in our land. God, do something in us. Do something in me. And, and he starts to, with anticipation, expectation, antis, you know, waiting. 12 o'clock, 12.05, he's all alone. 12.06, 12.07, 12.08, he's all alone. 12.09, 12.10, 12.15. 12.20, God, maybe I missed it. Maybe I'm not enough. Maybe, God, this isn't what I thought. But he begins to pray. 12.20, 12.30, two people straggle in. Wow! Two or three. Gathered in his name. There I am in the midst. And so he took those two or three and he began to pray. Began to say, God, heal our land. God, 
make a way. God, provide. God, be real. Pour out your spirit. Send revival. And before we, he knew it, that in a few weeks that, that would grow and it would outgrow that room and they would put them into a bigger room and they would outgrow that room and they put them into the, to the sanctuary and it was too big for that and then they started setting up multiple locations and before he knew it, 10,000 people were praying and seeking God out of the less that God brought more of their life. The amazing thing is that it didn't, couldn't be contained in New York. It spread to Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Chicago, Denver, Los Angeles. This revival swept over. And by the time it was done, one million people that they know of that surrendered their life to Jesus. Another million who rededicated or found their way home. Two million people, that, that sounds like a lot. But when you think at that time, the population of 30 million, it was amazing. Church, I want you to know, next week when you gather in this place, when you connect online with your church family, and you do it together, together, united, when you stand on the power and the promise of his name, whether it's the more that you dreamed or it's the less that you are experiencing, it, it, wherever it is on your journey, or in your personal life, the the more of what you dream that, man, I, I, I wanted this and, and I'm believing this in my house, in my marriage, in my life, in my family. I, but, but I'm going to give you my all. And just like Jeremiah in the layman's revival, a layman, not, not the pastor, but the layman's revival, that God begins to move. Can I just pray for you this morning? that God will move in your hearts and in your home in such a significant way that you can't contain it to just the two, but it can multiply to the three and the four. That, that God meets you right where you're at as you surrender. And tomorrow you wake up and you say, God, I'm going to give you my best. I'm going to give you my all. In spite of feeling like a two, <laughs> I'm going to strive to be all that you can be in me. And so would you just stand with me? If you're watching online, don't, don't check out yet. Just extend your faith, blend faith. And let's believe God for the more in your life. The God of more, but he's the God of less. And like I started, at times when there's less in my life, I get to experience more of something else. And so when I push away the clutter and the noise, it gives me time to hear more of his presence and his spirit. And so God, in this place, we stand on the power of your name. We whisper the name of Jesus. God, we declare your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, in this next season of their lives, God, personally and corporately as a church, God, I pray that, that they will sense your presence like no day before. God, that as they head the right direction towards you, God, it's not the destination as a stop, it's the direction as an ongoing life, that taking steps and strides, running towards you. God, that they'll experience the, the loving arms of a heavenly Father that loves them, that's with them, that's for them. 
that you are there. God, in their homes, God, as they put you first in every area of their life, as, as we surrender to you, God, I, I pray for those that, that right now that are struggling with the idea of not enough or less or brokenness, uncertainty, doubt, fear, and anxiety. God, right now, I pray that your presence invade their home. God, that your peace that passes, that can't be contained, can't be understood, can't even be thoroughly told beyond comprehension. The peace that passes all understanding, Lord, will guard hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. God, we thank you that you are the God of more, but you're the God of less. And we come to you just as we are. We surrender to you. God, I pray for hope to be infused, dreams to come alive. God, may Celebration Center dream the dreams of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on now. And everyone said, amen, amen. What a joy to be with you. Listen, let me just say this. As we close, and online, I know that, I don't know the steps, but, but if you're here and you just need prayer, you need someone to come into agreement and just to believe God to do something in your life, in your family, in situations, you've come to the right place. You've come to a place that can believe God to meet you right where you're at, to break through, to, to bring life where there seems to be death, to bring hope where there's help, uh, hopelessness, to, to bring wholeness where there's brokenness. And so if you'll reach out to them, there, there are people here ready and wanting to connect with you and help connect you to the answers. And if you're here this morning, I, I'm no big deal. You, you'll forget my name next week. Remember, oh, that guy that had quadruplets. But we're gathered together in his name. And I want you to know that the impossible is possible. That the supernatural presence and power of God is available. And so I'm just going to hang out up here for a few moments. I know the, uh, the simulcast will shift. But, but if you need prayer today, I want to come into agreement and just believe God to meet you right where you're at. And so this altar is open. So whatever it is that you are believing or needing, we, just, we want you to know that we're here for you. I'm excited about your next step. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, but God has revealed it. Meaning God already has steps for you. Embrace it. Run to it. Get ready. And do this. Say, count me in. Whatever my less, whatever my little, whatever it is, I'm here. So God, we thank you for it. We bless you. We honor you. Thank you for your love today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.